I'm Dr. Chris Meyer. This is the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. to your knowledge base about human interaction. We'll look at motivation, we'll look at emotion, and we'll look at decision-making, all within the context of negotiations. This is going to improve your life both organizationally and outside of the organization. Let's go. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I would like to ask you to subscribe, to pass this on to others, to let other people know about what I talk about here. I think that uh, there's a a wide audience that could benefit from this. I bring it to you uh, in in the realm of business negotiation, but these concepts can be applied across your negotiations in your day-to-day life. So pass this on. I would appreciate it. Today, this week, I want to talk about timing in negotiation. Last week, we talked a little bit about what happens when people present bad behavior in negotiation. This week, I want to talk a little bit about timing and the impact that timing can have as you work through your interactions. There's a big impact, but a lot of times we don't like to address the timing in our negotiations. We often kind of move through a negotiation as quickly as possible. A lot of people, whether they admit it or not, view the negotiation as somewhat unsavory, something that they want to get through. I want to make this, I want to get this done. I want to move on. I want to put this to rest and and move on with the interaction. I don't want to spend a lot of time reliving it, going through it again. And I can understand that. If we're not ready to negotiate, if we're not comfortable negotiating, it can be a difficult thing. And so I want to help you a little bit with the timing. I'm going to talk about a couple of reasons why we try to avoid taking the time that's necessary to do well in the negotiation, because that will help us address those. I also want to talk a little bit about um, some of the things that we don't like about the timing and how we can address those in a positive way. And then we'll end with some prescriptive advice about what we should do as we think about timing in our interactions. Oftentimes in my classes or in training sessions, when I'm working through some of these negotiation training techniques, when I'm talking to people about how to improve their negotiations, I give them a simulation. So we work through a negotiation It's not a real negotiation, which is why it's called a simulation, but it's a piece of a negotiation that's based on reality, and we work through it, and I very often see people race through it at breakneck speed. The same thing happens when I'm doing consulting and I'm working with an organization. They want to get to the end of the negotiation typically very quickly. We want to put this behind us. We want to move on. We want to choose our supplier. We want to choose who we're going to do business with. We want to decide whether or not we're going to buy and then move on. We want to 
hold on a little bit. We want to slow the pace a little bit because oftentimes when we're speeding through the interaction, what it leads us to is uninspired offers and concessions. We don't spend the time that we need to truly understand the offers that we're making, to truly understand the impact of the concessions that we're giving from a long-term basis. Now, in the short term, it might look good, but we have to remember we're not doing business in the short term anymore. And most of our relationships, if we're talking about negotiations outside of the organization, most of those are not short-term you know, one-time interactions. We don't do those very often. So we want to think about this from the long term. So we don't want to put uninspired offers and concessions out there because that leads us to leaving money on the table. It leads us to leaving value behind, and it could impact the relationship as well. Um, We don't want a deal that is going to satisfice, and satisficing is just good enough that we're not willing to work anymore. So we want to make sure that we're pushing to try and get the most value. And sometimes that most value isn't going to come back to us. Remember, we're also pushing for the most value for everyone involved in the negotiation. That could be constituents that aren't even in the room. The organization that I work for, my family at home, whomever it might be. There could be third parties that are not present at the table, and we want to push hard for those parties to the negotiation as well. Also, because the negotiations that we do are not typically short-term or single-interaction negotiations, if we don't take the time that's necessary to understand the other party, to improve the relationship with the other party, those minimal gains in the relationship are going to impact the trust that's available. It's going to impact the repeat negotiations, the repeat business, the repeat interactions. It's going to negatively impact understanding. If I don't take the time, I'm not going to understand you well. You're not going to understand me well. And we're going to end up in a situation where the relationship is at a very surface level. It's a very minimal relationship, and it's not building up. We're not increasing our relationship. We're not getting any utility from that relationship. It's just a minor aspect in the negotiation. By building up the relationship, we can shortcut a lot of the negative outcomes, and we can get to better outcomes more quickly, better outcomes more efficiently, and in fact, we can increase our gains as well. Part of the problem that we have with these three issues We don't like to wait. We don't like the tension of waiting. We don't like to put ourselves in that position. It feels vulnerable. It feels weak. That waiting position is difficult for us. It makes us feel like either we're missing out on something, we're not building what we need to build, we're not moving forward, when in fact we may be moving forward more so than if we were to rush into the outcome. Another issue with moving slowly 
is the ambiguity that comes with not knowing. When we have an unresolved interaction, when we have a negotiation that isn't completed, we don't know what the outcome will be, our brains do not like that. We don't like to have that ambiguity hanging over us, and we try to do whatever we can to remove that ambiguity from our lives on a daily basis. We don't like that ambiguity. And so we push to end the ambiguity. And that typically means we push to get to the end of the negotiation when we may benefit from slowing down, from waiting, doing more research, doing more discussion, asking more questions, things like that. And the last reason why we just don't like to wait or go slow in our negotiations is because we have a little bit of fear. And that comes from a lack of trust. And surprisingly, the remedy to that is to build up the relationship, which takes time. When we're in the situation where we don't have that relationship, we don't have that trust already built up, we may have some quick trust, which means that based on some inter part of the interaction, based on some previous interaction, based on some information from another source, we may have developed a bit of trust, but it's easy to break that. It's easy to lose that trust when it's quick trust, when it's trust that we haven't built over time, we haven't built with first-hand interaction. And so we want to take the time to build that trust, to remove those suspicions, to remove that fear, and to get to a point in the relationship, in the interaction, so that that trust is there. So then what should we do in our negotiations, in our interactions, when we need to depend on other people? I'm going to give you three things that I think will be very helpful and will help you slow down. And the first, it's, it's obvious. It's be patient. But let me give you a little bit more than just be patient. Be patient. Wait but be hopeful. If you've prepared for your negotiation, if you're prepared for your interaction, if you know why you're in the room negotiating, if you know why you're there, why you're trying to interact with this person, you can have hope about it. You don't have to accept a deal that's negative. You don't have to accept a deal that you think can be better. Wait. Have some patience. Ask more questions. Push more for those creative outcomes, those inspired offers and concessions. And that looks like, hey, what if we... Fill in the blank there. What if we... How would this impact you? Ask those types of questions. Think about contingencies that you can put in there as well. Think about, if I gave you this, could you give me this? If we did a deal that looked like this, how many years could you sign for? Think about it in a contingent manner. Think about 
ways that you can build creative. Big deals. Big deals. If you don't ask for it, there's no way it's going to happen, right? So think about the way that you can build that in. And we can't just go into a negotiation, sit down and ask for the big creative outcome. This is where we have to be patient. This is where we have to build the relationship, build the interaction. Take the time that it takes. If that means have lunch, if that means we come back next week, if that means we're going to write out a contract, whatever it means in your industry, in your interaction, in your relationships, take that time. Build it. Because when you have the time that you've taken, when you have built up that relationship, then you can ask the bigger asks. Then you can ask for the creative outcomes. Then you can find out from people what's really possible, and it won't be seen as reaching. It will be seen for what it is, trying to maximize the outcome. And so that leads me to that second point, which is push the creativity. We really got to get into asking a lot more questions being willing to suggest outcomes that may seem way out there, but in a positive way. Make sure when you're asking about outcomes that you're not being only focused on your own outcomes. We have to be focused on the best outcomes for everyone. So if you're willing to ask for some creative outcomes, if you're willing to ask for some creative concessions, you've got to also be willing to entertain those asks for the big outcomes, for the creative outcomes. You've got to be willing to entertain different concessions than you came in thinking about, because we are all going to go in with our own ideas about what we think are the right concessions, what we think are the right offers. We've got to be willing to put a pause on that. Open up. Be creative. Be willing to think outside of the box. That's going to allow us, if we're willing to take the time, that's going to allow us to come up with some new innovative outcomes that we haven't thought of before. Others that are in the room, and even others that are not in the room but are party to the negotiation, are going to have a lot of information that you don't have that can positively impact your outcomes. And the last thing that I want to give you here is to think long-term. Think about the relationship. Think about how you can build the relationship. What can you do to better the relationship? What can you do to better the interaction? What can you do to build trust. We need to be thinking about this long-term. When we think long-term, when we spend the time to build the relationship, build the trust, when we spend time to empathize with the other party, when we spend time to understand their interests it allows us to be able to make the big ask. It allows us to be able to 
benefit them in a way that we couldn't if we didn't have that relationship. The relationship itself has some utility, but by having the relationship, it allows me to be able to do things in the negotiation differently than if we don't have the relationship. Think about some of your negotiation partners right now. If they're close, if you have a relationship, family members maybe, maybe a boss, maybe a peer, if you have a relationship, you can negotiate very differently. We want to take the time to think long-term. We want to build the trust, build the relationship, and build our ability to really push for greater outcomes for everyone involved. Thanks for listening to the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. I would appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that I can reach a wider audience. You can find more information about these ideas on my website at meyernegotiation.com. Thanks. See you next time.